Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Holy Shift Podcast. Here we go, back again. Let's do it. <laughs> you guys do it. <laughs> your your <laughs> mic cut out a little bit. I was <laughs> your face Joe Allen heard it. Filled with such disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're doing it again. Stirring Episode up. five. Controversy. <laughs> Uh, this one is about tithing. Now, I'll go ahead and say this. It might be controversial, but see, I didn't think it would be. And, but I, I can see now based off of like some Facebook debates we've seen and stuff, how it's going to be pretty controversial, but I almost didn't even want to do this topic because like, to me, it doesn't matter. I guess I'll just go ahead and start us off with some conversation here. It doesn't matter what somebody wants to do with their money to me. Like, if you want to give 10% of your money to the church, that's perfectly fine. Like, you can do that. If you want to uh, spend 10% of your money playing the lotto, like, that makes no difference to me. I mean, you can, even if you want to cash out 10% and $1 bills and set it afire in your backyard and dance around <laughs> it in the nude, Whatever you want to do, I don't care. So I was thinking, like I was thinking, I, this is not really uh, something that I want to spend too much time talking about. But then I did think about the fact that this is an area where people get manipulated. Mm-hmm. I, I remember specific instances in church where I have heard the pastor say things like. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian. If you're not paying tithes, you're going to end up in hell. I've heard you can be a Christian, and if you're not paying tithes, you're going to be cursed. And the mm-hmm. one of the craziest things I've ever heard is the the offering plate was going around. And this was not that long ago. The offering plate was going around, and the pastor said something along the lines of, just remember Ananias and Sapphira um were killed for not paying their tithes. Lord. Which is a complete I mean that is a straight up lie. Which is actually what Ananias and Sapphira were killed for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Touche. So, I mean whenever the conversation shifts to I mean those are threats basically. Like pay your tithes or else something bad is going to happen to you. I mean, that's manipulation, and that's just trying to strike fear into people. So that's why I think we do need to talk about this. I think this conversation. (laughs) Yeah, I I think this conversation could be healthy and maybe have an impact on somebody who's living in fear like that or struggling financially and wondering, you know, am I going to have to keep paying tithes? Like, what's the deal with this? So, should be a good conversation. I'm going to do my best. I'm gonna do my best to uh, keep it healthy, and this this uh, topic really fires me up. So, <laughs> all right, so let's, let's just start get it off. off. Let's do it. <laughs> so, what has been you guys' experience with tithing? Start us off, Wood. Um, well, <clears throat> growing up, I was ever since I had my first job or if I was working on the weekends, helping out my grandpa, uh, any money I got, I was made to give 10%. Um, so, I mean, you, you don't get much already, you know, like you're a kid, you, you want to go spend your money on whatever you want, you know? And yeah. so, Growing up, like I said, I was having to give every time, um, every paycheck you know, I, I give got. It at church. Yeah, every give time the offering. offering. Right. <clears throat> um, and if I recall correctly, it was before taxes. If I'm not sure, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, it wasn't what the my paycheck ended up being after taxes. It was before taxes. Mm. So 
I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's how it was. That's, a, that's an uh, interesting yeah. thought there. <laughs> but as far as like, uh, and, and I mean, I, I gave, we, we haven't really, been, we haven't been to church a lot up here in North Carolina, but we were going when we moved down to Gainesville and up until I'd say probably about eight, well, we've been up here eight years. So up until about nine or 10 years ago, I was given tithes. And even if I didn't have enough money to cover the rest of what I needed till my next paycheck uh, was deposited. So when I moved down to Gainesville, Blaney and I were going to church still. And whether it be we were sending money back to our home church or the church we were attending in Gainesville, um, we were still given. And she was a full-time student at University of Florida. And I was the only income. Not making much money at all. <laughs> I mean, it was, I mean, we are, we are uh, newlyweds and I was making 10 something dollars an hour, $11. And we had an apartment, both of our cars, uh, groceries. Um, and even back then, 2011, 12, 13, I mean, apartments were still pretty high, especially for a bigger city like that. And we were both talking about this the other day, whenever we had, uh, I told her that we were going to be talking about ties, but we were both saying how every two weeks when I would get paid, we would literally be walking around Walmart or the local grocery store waiting for my check to hit so we could get groceries because we didn't have enough money. We weren't going to ask our family for money because you know we felt like if we did we would kind of be failing because we chose to get married while she was in school and we didn't want to have to ask for help and that was almost every paycheck we would have to wait in the store till 10 o'clock at night whenever to be able to afford our groceries and you're still and, paying tithes at that time? Yes. And you know, they say, <laughs> you know, you'll be, ble- you know, giving tithes, you'll be blessed, you know, mm-hmm. the whole, the whole saying. And honestly, I can never recall a moment where I felt like, I don't really know how to word it without saying, sounding like we weren't blessed, but nothing just really stands out. Like I never got a check for a certain amount of money that I was needing or anything like that. Um, like no special intervention or something like that. No. Like you kind of expect from a blessing. Right. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it's to live your life, I guess, you know, based off something like that. And then, I don't know. It's especially when you don't make much money at all to begin with, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I know some choices people make, you know, whether it be buying a a new car or something like that. I mean, we were both driving used cars, old cars, you know, it's not like we were out with brand new vehicles and stuff like that. Um, or just spending our money in ways that we shouldn't have been. I mean, really, other than groceries, gas, we weren't really, if we were doing anything on the weekend, it was free. I mean, we weren't going out to eat or anything like that, you know, um, but, but we moved up here once she graduated, never, Ballin'. 
never tied it again. And uh, I don't know. I mean, so you're I, saying I got a lot that of... your experience would kind of be the opposite of what people say while you're tithing. It kind of felt like your life was cursed now that you stopped. Obviously, circumstances have changed. You know, you both have much right. better jobs now and things, but it's kind of a reverse roles than what people present it to be. I, I would say, yeah. Um, and I had a thought whenever you started talking, and I can't remember right, right off, but yeah. I was ruined it. here too long. Nah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it should. I don't know. <laughs> it's just crazy yeah. to, you know, there's, especially with jobs like now, people making, I mean, people make more money now. It, but if you gave 10%, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'll let y'all talk for a little bit, but <laughs> I need, yeah, I need so to. <laughs> I guess we probably all have a similar understanding, I guess maybe we should say, you're listening to this, you don't really have any church background. Tithing is the expectation that if you go to church, 10% of your income belongs to God. It's not 10%, uh, you know, if you have it left over, like it's supposed to be the first, the first, the first fruit, so to speak, right there, 10% off the top goes to God. And then you make it work with the 90%. And <clears throat> similar experience. Well, I guess, actually polar opposite experience of you. We had those moments of like blessing occur and they've continued to occur long after we quit tithing. So it is not based off of our uh, giving. Like we've had people come give us money or like, uh, what are we going to do? Cause when we first got married, we had no bills. Uh, the only debt we had was my little car that I had. So every, I mean, our rent was nothing as we were living, uh, renting from a family member. I mean, we had a lot of money. I mean, not a lot of money, but a lot of profit and we blew through it all. Like 10% was nothing to us to give away. Like it wasn't sacrificial or anything at all. <clears throat> and then our first son at Cole's born and join us stays home with him our income's cut in half and that's when things started to get real and like we were still very active givers like i at one point i mean the the percentage is high the amount was not high so don't misunderstand but at one point i was giving away 33 percent of my income wow <laughs> yeah because uh i thought you know it was all about blessing and i i know i sent so earlier today, I asked Chat GPT, Chat GPT about uh, tithing, and I sent you guys its response about the one of the dangers is it can make uh, your relationship with faith transactional. And I think looking back, um, that that was probably somewhat of the case. Like I thought that, like I just read books like George Mueller. This guy prayed in every dime he ever got. And, and then, so like, that was my mindset. Like I wanted to be like that. And then you read like crossing switchblade, David Wilkerson, praying all the money in for uh teen challenge and stuff. I was like, I thought this was what I was supposed to do. And, and was, there would be times like money didn't show up. There'd be times that something crazy would happen and I would just toss it up to, well, I guess this is not God. Like I was trying to go to Bible school and I was going to pray in every dime for the tuition. And it didn't I remember happen. that. So I didn't go. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, like, uh, but I mean, growing up, it was just the same. I mean, the same spiel, give or else, the verses yeah. in Malachi, you know, you're robbing God, you're cursed if you don't. I've heard it. If you're going to, if you don't pay your tithes, you're going to go to hell. I mean, I've heard people just straight up say that. I've heard, and you're talking about paying before taxes. I heard, I was, I was there in the room when someone asked, like, should you pay tithes on gross or net? And they were like, well, do you want to, do you want a gross blessing or a net blessing? 
was the response. <laughs> it's just like, again, and I don't think anyone here is arguing that generosity is a bad thing. That should be right. part of no the human experience. Right. It's the mandating, like the threat, the manipulation that comes with 10% sure. comes to my organization. That's convenient. Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, which if you're, and here's, I'll say this, like churches do a lot of good. And if you're a part of a church and you approve or appreciate the good that they do in the community or the good that you have received, I mean, by all means, support that church. Give 10, 20, 30%, whatever you want to give. Like, like I said, it, I mean, that's no, no different than if you're a part of a, uh, you know, Kiwanis club or whatever, and you have to pay dues, you know, I mean, I get that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that supporting an organization. Um, but it did, like you just said, it, it comes down to the threats whenever there are threats that people are afraid of and you know you can use those threats to pull that money in that's where it becomes manipulation and i think that's where it becomes dangerous like even if it's not hell or um even if they don't say the word curse or whatever like i remember hearing stories about like well i didn't pay my tithes and then I got a flat tire, had to pay a new tire, and it turned out to be just ten percent of what I would have had to pay in tire, like yep. that kind of stuff, which is, I mean, pure coincidence. And and I'll say from my own personal experience, like, yeah, we, you know, we tithe when we first got married for years, and then I quit tithing. Um, well, before Chelsea, she it was something she wanted to keep doing. Like I probably quit maybe eight, nine years ago. And then Chelsea, so I would tell her, like, I was like, I don't want to pay tithes out of my, out of my paycheck. So if you want to pay tithes, you know, do it from your check. And that was fine for a while. She was a little worried that there might be like, that that would be a problem. Like we'd be cursed or something. And, uh, but anyway, she eventually quit too. And, I mean, there's not been, we haven't had like these tragedies that have taken our money away or some kind of curses on our lives. I mean, the only difference is, I guess we have like 10% more money to spend on a regular basis. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's not been all these fears that were ingrained into us yeah. happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and going it's, back to my thought that I had, <clears throat> When I was giving, I felt like I was giving because I had to, not because I was wanting to. I almost yeah. felt like I was kind of being forced to give. So I never was, I felt like I was never giving out of the goodness of my heart. Yeah. I mean, there were, I yeah, do I remember that's... times doing that, but I mean, and I understand. And I think that's become the basis of American Christianity is fear. Like do this or else, yeah. in 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 a lot of uh, you know churches. Yeah, and and I understand them wanting to put that into me, you know, to want to give and um, stuff like that. But also, I find myself feeling more happy when I'm able to help somebody in a different way than to, you know. I don't yeah, want to sound like I don't want to sound like I'm being greedy because I'm really not. But like you know, given money that I, I didn't have to be able to support myself, I'd rather give that in a mm -hmm. different way and help people in other ways. <clears throat> TJ uh, TJ said something once. He doesn't take credit for this, but it's. I remember we were in the in the break room at, or in the back room standing at the time clock at Walmart and we were talking about uh, something about faith and you said faith does not make up for irresponsibility. Like if you if, like if you're barely making a buy and you're giving 10% of your way and they come and take your car like 
it's because you have to be responsible. Like it's irresponsible not to pay your bills. It's irresponsible. Uh, You can't just give everything away and then be shocked whenever bad things happen. Right. Yeah. What you want to say? You're sitting on something, (laughs) Wood. No, I mean, I agree with that. If, if you're not able to pay your bills, your landlord ain't going to care. I mean, yeah. Or you, you the bank, if you have your, yeah, if you have your car finance, like that repo man, he don't care. He don't care if you're paying 10% to the church or whatever. Yeah. And no one is arguing against generosity. Like I've, we've joined and I've even had conversations about, cause I, I didn't realize that, that I'm the newbie here. So we haven't been paying, we've only not been paying tithes. July will be two years since I've not been on staff as a pastor. And so we, I mean, we've had conversations and to come up with ideas about how to teach our kids to be generous. Like I threw around the idea. We've not implemented any of them yet. So don't think we're special people or anything, but like, (laughs) should we alternate Christmas? Like the boys get gifts one year, the next year we get gifts for another family, stuff like that. Hmm. Just like come up with ways to show them generosity or to instill generosity in them instead of this idea, like you have to give this or else it has to be this amount. Yeah, that's good. Right. So let's talk about where some of these ideas come from and then that'll get the conversation back on a, uh, then we can come back to what I'm saying is we can come back to this stuff. Um, so what's the one, the main verse, that you hear preached when it comes to tithing. Verse of Malachi. Yep. I'll read it to you. KJV, baby. It says, Will a man rob God? Question mark. Yet you have robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Then it goes on to say, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will open, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, and there shall not be room enough for you to receive it. So that's the main verse uh, that we all grew up hearing. Will you rob God by not paying your tithes? And that makes it sound uh, like a very big deal. Um, there's a few other verses. Uh, Josh mentioned the first fruits that comes from Proverbs uh, three and verse nine. It says, "Honor the Lord with your first fruits of your in- of the increase of your wealth." Um, then you've got you know you've got Leviticus, you've got Deuteronomy, um, Numbers, all those books of the law, so to speak. Uh, talk about the tenth going to the Levites or the tenth going to you know, it, some of the tithes that they would pay would be like of their uh, their crops and their animals, like the herds, whatever they it would was produce. Almost, it was almost never money. I think there's one law where it specifically mentions money. I was listening about that. Yeah, there's <clears throat> there's one of them that says uh, if you are too far away to get too to far. the temple, yeah, then cash out your first 10% into money and then you can send it on or take it. Um, so these are all, you know, Old Testament laws. It is, uh, always referring to, um, a specific place in Israel where you're supposed to take the tithes, right? It's like the temple in Jerusalem. Um, and then the Levites, because they didn't have a inheritance, so all the other tribes like, uh, you know, Benjamin and Gad and Judah and all of them, they had, they had land, but you've got mm-hmm. the Levites didn't get any land. So what they received was 10% of everybody else's so that they could have some inheritance too. Um, <clears throat> we don't have any Levites today. <laughs> and exactly. the idea was I guess, I guess is that they were priests doing the Lord's work. So that in translates into preachers and 
church staff and stuff who are working at the church doing the Lord's work, so they should get 10%. I mean, I, I can see how they translate that. Um, but I would push back on that a little bit. And say, okay, yeah, yeah, uh, play some devil's advocate here. Yeah, I would push back on that and say, if you're going to make the comparison that the Levites were the priests, Jesus in the New Covenant is now the high priest. So it wouldn't right. translate over to the pastors. Okay, yeah, so... Know, maybe. Well, okay, but you, you make a point. Okay, so we could talk about the law and the Levites and and all that. But before the law, Abraham gave 10% to Melchizedek, who was... Okay. Nobody knows anything about this guy. You know, he was just some priest <laughs> some who guy that appeared out of nowhere. Um, so in the New Testament, we, we hear or we read in Hebrews, he's, uh, they t- compare Melchizedek to Jesus and say that he was obviously greater than greater. And this is kind of weird. It says this in Hebrews, Melchizedek was greater than Levi because Abraham paid tithes to him and Levi was inside Abraham at the time. So it's basically like Levi being so Hebrews goes on about this and it's not Hebrews is not encouraging tithing at all it's only encouraging the fact that we have a greater high priest now so you know people could use that but that's not in reference to tithing people do use that so when the argument is that tithing is Old Testament people will say well tithing predates the law which mm-hmm. is not really true because yes, Abraham does give 10%, but he gives 10% of the stuff he just took from wiping out an entire village, goes in, kills everybody and takes everything and then gives 10% of that to Melchizedek. <clears throat> it's not like it's costing him anything. And also <laughs> circumcision right. predates the law and no one is arguing that that's part of the new Testament. Yeah, they used to. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, Paul's whole problem. Could never get these guys to quit wanting to get circumcised. Um, yeah, so so let's let's go to the New Testament then. Does the New Testament teach us about teach us the tithe, or does it refute um, this idea of tithing? What do you think? I think Paul certainly disagreed with tithing. Uh, or whoever the author of Corinthians was. That one's attributed to Paul. Second yes, Corinthians 9, I think. Uh, might have to look up the exact verbiage, but he basically says give the amount that you see fit. Am I wrong? Yeah, you, uh, yeah, purpose in your heart. Yeah. And he's, and so there's three things. Cheerful, uh, be a cheerful giver, give consistently and give sacrificially are like his three three things that he, the guidelines he gives. Yes. So yeah, that's my, that would be my, my thoughts about the circumcision thing. Uh, in the new Testament, I don't remember which book it may be Romans could be wrong, but Paul argues. Yes. So circumcision, uh, for Christians is of the heart. So he's arguing against following the law and getting circumcised. Um, because now it's a heart thing. And with circumcision predating the law and the only other thing, tithing, I think he's making that same point in Second Corinthians 9, like you talked about, to um, basically decide what you want to give in your heart. Give from your heart. Uh, he says, do not do it under compulsion or fear um, or obligation, like Joe Allen was talking about. I mean, he specifically says, do not do it for that reason. Do not give out of fear or obligation, but give cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver. Um, So what are we doing when we're teaching kids to give and these kids don't want to give? I I feel like they still are, are kind of preaching that. But they're doing it as the offer offering plate is passing by you. <laughs> so you yeah. you know 
Or they, they changed the context from tithes in that case to offerings. So you got tithes and offerings. Right. So they say uh, you give tithes. You know, you just have to do that. That's, that's a rule you have to follow. Which you know, Paul makes it pretty clear. You know, Christians are not under the law anymore. Uh, several verses talk about that. I mean, you could just go to Galatians and read the whole. He goes on a whole spill about that. We're not under the law. We're not obligated to follow the law. Um, so, so we are to give cheerfully, not out of obligation. Um, right. And I don't think he sees any distinction in tithes or offerings in that case. Yeah. Well, back to your uh, just giving, teaching the kids. Yeah. What do you think about that, Josh? Oh, I mean, it's it's doing exactly what that verse is saying not to do. I mean, you're you're instilling fear in them. I mean, exactly what that verse says not to do. Right. It's the, it's the opposite of what, I mean, if you're living your life based off of, you know, what Paul's saying in the Bible, you're doing the opposite when you're, you know, teaching young people to uh, tithe. I guess to be there fair, is, though, I don't remember anything from like a kid. I mean, it was probably like upper teens before I started here, before I distinctly remember all the curses and everything. Yeah, I mean, I remember being a kid here, and if I made a dollar, you know, I had to give, and, give a dime. Oh, I mean, yeah, but I'm talking about, like, the curse. Like, for fear. Or yeah, you're robbing yeah. God. Yeah. Maybe. I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't remember how early. I mean, I'm actually. sure there's churches out there that are. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so Jesus does mention tithing, uh, and I have heard this as a defense for tithing in the New Testament. <clears throat> so he's talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They're like the religious leaders at the time. And what he's doing, he's condemning them. He's just pointing out the fact that how, you know, ridiculous they are. He, he says, it's in Matthew, and I think it may be in Luke too. I think he this conversation happens in both of them. But he talks about um, how this, the Pharisees would tithe like all these little plants that they grow, like mints, mint and herbs and all this stuff. But then they would overlook like helping poor people or whatever. Justice. Yeah, uh, yeah overlook justice. And then he goes on to say, you should have done both, basically. So people take that and say, oh, see, Jesus is saying you should tithe. But then I guess Paul's argument then is Jesus is living before the new covenant, right? Because mm -hmm. he's talking to people who are following the law in Jerusalem. Of course he's telling them to tithe. That's part of the law. Uh, but after Jesus dies, Christians are no longer under the law. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I just think the whole two covenant thing is really problematic. Um, it causes yeah, a, lot, it's a lot of confusion. It does. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess my point for bringing that up would be that, again, like we have talked about in the past, there's room for disagreement among Christians. Like you can still be a Christian and not agree that paying tithes is uh, something, a responsibility of, of Christianity. Of a Christian, hundred percent. So I, I don't I mean, think I, I, you. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I think ultimately the only thing that you in Christianity that you would not be able to disagree on is the resurrection. I think anything else is up for opinion. But I mean, if Jesus didn't wasn't resurrected, then everything is kind of for naught. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, any episode that we've covered so far, hell, authority, whatever, I think there's room for discussion within Christianity for those. Yeah, I agree. I think I think you have to, you have, to have these conversations. And I, the problem happens when somebody is so bound to an opinion or so bound to a belief that they have been taught that when anybody questions that, 
You're questioning them. They they react their identity. Right. They react like you are offending them or you're uh attacking them. That's what you like I'll see people just <laughs> and it happens on Facebook all the time. Somebody will post uh an opinion of, or a belief that they have. Somebody, you know, pushes back on it and then they feel like they're getting attacked. They'll delete or block somebody or, you know, go off, you know, insulting the person for attacking them when all that person's doing is pushing back on a, on a questionable belief. Um, and I think pastors do that whenever you, whenever somebody challenges tithing, you know, that's their source of income. That's how the church runs, stays open. Uh, you, you know, they'll push, they're going to push back against somebody who's, you know, questioning that idea but i under yeah i understand that you know it's for keeping the church the lights on Mm -hmm. but what not even a hundred years ago technically we we is when we first started getting electricity i mean (laughs) we could still go yeah. out under a pole barn and have church. You don't need lights. Yeah, absolutely. Technically and church is not church is not even close to the same. Obviously. I mean, I think yeah. the apostles would get a kick out of, Oh, you've, we've got a music pastor an executive pastor, a senior citizen pastor. Oh, we got a young adults pastor. We got a kid's pastor. We got an assistant to these pastors. Like it, the list is never ending of the amount of pastors. Yeah. Yeah, it's just more money that's needed. Right. Um, I think the idea that supporting the institution that the church has become with all its bills and necessities and stuff is, I think that is almost laughable um, compared to what you see in the New Testament. You don't see that. You don't, I mean, people, right. The poor people in the church shouldn't be (laughs) the ones being encouraged to pay tithe. The church should be paying them. You know, that, that's how the new Testament functioned. Um, these guys pretty consistently sold everything and supported the poor. I mean, yes, though they had to be supported themselves. Because, like I said, they sold everything. They didn't have anything. So it was the responsibility of other believers to help each other. It was a very, uh, you know, you scratch my back, you know, whatever. I scratch yours kind of of lifestyle uh, where everybody's, basically everybody's poor and supporting each other. Um, All right, so I guess the point of this entire conversation was uh, it's okay to push back against that idea. Don't, mm-hmm. I mean, the Bible clearly says don't give out of compulsion. So don't feel like, um, you have to give out of fear. Uh, uh one of the big things is it, that's what drives me crazy when, when preachers will talk about you being, you can be a Christian and be cursed. Like that seems completely against the Bible because uh, Paul says that Jesus became a curse for us. So you're basically saying that him taking on that curse was not enough. You can also be cursed even though you're under the, you know, sacrifice of Jesus, which makes no sense. So you can be cursed even though, Jesus is basically your substitution. He's representing you, right? He represents your righteousness as a Christian. So how can you be cursed if you're under that umbrella, I guess? That doesn't make sense if if you're going with this whole New Testament. No. The even, evangelical doctrine, anyway. All right, so anyway. Um... Let's move on from the Bible talk. Do you think pastors 
should concern themselves with the financial information of their members, people who attend the church. No, it has nothing to do with that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I think, I mean, if we're talking like, like I know I can speak from the, the last church that I was on staff at, that they have an, an outside organization. They have like an, an accounting firm handle all of that. So none of the pastors have any idea what anybody gives or anything. Hmm. And then um, if you attend the church that we go to, um, you'll, uh, you get access to you know Ramsey Plus and, and things like that. Like they're they're intentional about helping people become better with their money, and, I, and that's that's something that I really appreciate. Uh, but as far as like if like pastors know who gives what and stuff like that, I think that I, it is impo- I think it's impossible to not let that affect how you lead, and not let that affect your mm-hmm. decision making, and 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 things like that. Right. And to me, it's, you know, I have heard stories of people who have been told they couldn't teach Sunday school, told they couldn't sing in the choir, told they couldn't uh, take on any any form of leadership role um, because they obviously weren't paying their tithes. And to me, that raises the question of like, why... Like, what concern is it of anybody else? I think Jesus even says, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, he's like, when you give, don't even let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. So if our giving is to be that discreet anyway, what gives uh, leaders, pastors, or any sort of spiritual authority the... um, audacity i guess you could say to judge what what their uh, members are giving or what you know even some organizations i mean like they take they'll they'll take the 10 percent out of your check like it's a a tax which brings me back to like the whole israel thing like they didn't have taxes set up as a nation the tithe was essentially their tax like we pay taxes to our government right? Israel paid taxes to, you know, the temple, which was essentially their government. Uh, I mean, it was a tax. Like, why are we bringing that into um, this new covenant, which has nothing to do with the nation of Israel? So anyway. I'm surprised it hasn't went up from 10% yet to something higher. (laughs) (laughs) Inflation. I'm tired. <laughs> God needs some more. All right. Well, how can people avoid being manipulated in their giving? Yeah, I, th- I think question. we've we've hit on this uh, in the spiritual authority episode. It's just having that filter, having those boundaries. Like, your money is your business. I mean, if you're looking, if you go to someone for advice, I mean. And you and you want to be that open. I mean, that's that's your decision. But I think you just you know your finances better than anyone. You know what you can afford. Just be as generous as you can. And as you, if your finances increase, then let your generosity increase. I think you just do the best with what you have available. Don't let anyone use fear or manipulation to coerce something out of me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'll say, ask, ask yourself some questions. Like when you're reaching for your checkbook or, or that cash, like ask yourself, what, what is my motivation here? Why am I doing this? If it's because you're scared or if it's because you feel like all this pressure, um, I don't think, <laughs> like, here's the thing about giving in situations, like a lot of times church situations are, are very emotionally intense, 
Like there could be like music playing and the pastor's talking really fast and he's talking about giving and how you need to just mm-hmm. let God, you know, move you right now. Um, I don't think you, you know, God is not going to be mad at you if you take a second and say, hey, this is too too much going on right now. I'm going to think this through. Like, you know, they'll. I've been in services that, you know, they're trying to get you to, like, give a lot, you know, up the, up the ante. Like, how much can you give? You, you know, if, uh, take, take a second to step back. God's I think we've all be, been in that same service. Yeah, <laughs> you know, God's not going to be mad at you for taking, you know, holding off on that Sunday night service and saying, let me think, let me, let me look at my finances, see what I can afford here. And, uh, if I got it, I'll send a check in on Monday morning. Like, don't let the emotion and stuff. Oh, I got some stories too where, <laughs> golly, we gave away. Could have bought some, we gave a lot of money uh, we were, because of situations we were like doing that. a uh, yeah we were doing a missions I, I was the one doing it i was the pastor and uh you know i was doing that amping it up you know take a moment <laughs> think about what god's put on your heart it was to students to kids you know middle and high schoolers and uh, this kid goes up after service and he's like he's like man i was i was praying it's like how do you know that when God puts like God puts on your heart to give. And I was like, I mean, you know how much money you can get, like what's possible. And I was like, you don't have to do like, uh, you know, something that's safe. I was like, you can do something that would be, that you'd have to work hard for. And he's like, cause the only number that kept coming to my mind was 500,000. And I was just like, okay, well, yeah, we might want to go a little lower. <laughs> it's funny man like and I've given into it you know where you're just like they're they're talking and the music's playing and they're like what is God putting on your heart right now and then obviously everybody's sitting there uh, they're gonna think of a number and it may be like a little higher than it depends where your mind's at you know, like in situations like that, I always, I would always think like two hundred dollars. Like, oh, crap, I got to get two hundred dollars. Like, <laughs> like I thought that was, you know, everybody's gonna think of something. That doesn't mean it's God telling you to give that amount of money. Like, don't give in to the pressure and the emotion of the moment. Um, take a step back. Look, you know, like Josh said, don't use faith as as an excuse for irresponsibility uh because you've got kids you you know you may have kids to feed you may have bills to pay um that stuff you know you need to make sure you got covered (laughs) so yeah so anyway like i was saying ask some questions question yourself what's your motives um Look at a budget or, uh, you know, ask yourself if you can afford this. It drives me insane. I wish we could pull up that clip that I sent you the other day, Josh, of that pastor. He's talking about, like, even if you are poor and someone has given you money to help you out, how you need to be tithing off of that (laughs) as he's sitting up there in a, $600 $600 suit and you know, it's probably crazy. It gets out of control. What is it? I said he's probably cruising around in an Escalade. Oh yeah. Dude's flying in a jet. <laughs> Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. That's it. And, that, and I think that's the extreme end of the spectrum, right? Is, is the prosperity gospel. Like that's, you're talking about manipulation and being taken advantage of. Like it's just unbelievable some of the stuff they say. I was, I was listening to some clips this morning, just about how heaven's closed up. Like if you're not if you're not given financially, God's not going to hear your prayers and just all kinds of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, that's some wild stuff, and uh, it's unfortunate people get wrapped up in that. Um, 
Man, I remember, uh, I remember dad getting, remember when, uh, mine and Josh's dad got some stupid letter in the mail, and, uh, it looked handwritten, it may have been handwritten, and this guy was, he was telling, he was just going on about buying, like, a a little, it was a little, it was like, yeah, water. I don't remember. Maybe it had some glitter in water. it. <laughs> and it was supposed to be like from heaven. Which me and Josh clearly knew it was absolutely ludicrous. But our dad, who had probably been praying for some financial help or something, uh, got this letter. And it was talking about like if he gave so much, uh, then he was going to get all this blessing and all this money. And uh, he was taking it serious. I remember him asking us about it. And I was like, he was wanting to try to figure out how to pay so much money. So, because he thought, you know, this is God answering my prayer. And, uh, you know, that kind of stuff is obviously, you know, just terrible people taking advantage of people. Um, Mm -hmm. But on on the other end of the spectrum, just with tithing, Using fear is no better. I, I would say that. Telling people they're they're going to go to hell because they're not paying tithes. Telling people they're going to be cursed. Making up stories about in the Bible and twisting the meaning of them, saying well, yeah. people got killed. I mean, that's I mean that's just as bad. Even just telling you telling people that you know if you give you're going to be blessed. Like you don't control that. Like them telling yeah. them, like, you know, yeah, they're you know, they're basically I mean, because I'm of, sure, I'm sure a lot Bible of people verses. are giving because they think they're going to be blessed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, they're they're remember, looking for. Uh, it. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, you've mentioned in a previous episode sermon index, and I went on there, mm-hmm. and the, the tithing conversation gets out of, got out of control on there. Um, it would get shut down a lot. But I remember <laughs> starting one about tithing, and this dude posted all of these testimonies of people. I don't know if it was people he knew or where he got them from, but it was just all these stories about stories you would never hear from the pulpit, like people losing their house, having to file for bankruptcy. Um, I mean, my algorithm's all jacked up on TikTok with deconstruction stuff right now. There's a guy on there that talks about how he's going to have to work till he's 90 years old. He has no retirement because he gave all his money away to his church and just nobody ever talks about those stories where people's lives have just been uh, turned upside down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's not something you're going to hear, you know, in the community because I don't, you know, it's a whole, that entire thing I just yeah, said. And I mean, it's easy to, say, it's easy it. to say, <laughs> it's easy to look at that and say like, I mean, that's dumb. Why would, why, I mean, you know, why would you give your money away? But when you have this belief, you're being told you're going to be blessed or you're going to be cursed. If you don't, um, that manipulation, that fear, I mean, it's real perception is real. Yeah, it, it's a one way street then. Cause then you only have to so, give. Yeah, your mindset affects a lot of that because that makes it a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, because I got an example. So uh, I remember, this is from Chelsea. She was going to church in Panama City at the time. And, you know, it was the whole thing. Get You know, the last of the service was like, you know, really emotional. Give whatever you can. And <laughs> she said she had $20 in her pocket. And she really didn't want to give it, uh, but she felt, you know, was feeling that pressure. Uh, but she ended up leaving service, not giving the $20. They go to uh, out to eat at a restaurant. She locks her keys in her car. So she has to call Papa Lock to come. And the guy comes, pops her lock, and he's like, She's like, you know, what's the bill? And he's like, ah, don't worry about it. Just give me $20. And she said, and that stuck with her deep, you know, because she had already heard these other things. So in her mind, that was God taking that money away from her that she was supposed to give in church. 
And, uh, but I told her, I was like, wow, look at this. If, um, if you would have gave that $20 and then that guy, then you locked your keys in your car, you wouldn't have had no money to pay the guy. <laughs> so, Flip it around. I mean, <laughs> uh, but perception, like you said, can, it's everything. It's reality. And if you're constantly thinking, man, God's going to get money out of me somehow. If you're constantly living with that fear, you're going to see that. If you're constantly living with, hey, I'm blessed, you know, I'm working hard. You're going to see that. Like, yeah, I haven't paid tithes, you know, in years. Here I am. Yeah, I'm not not having a bunch of you know, crazy stuff happen. Watch something crazy happen, and then everybody's going to be like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. But, <laughs> Anyway, final thoughts? Well, I was just going to say, like, even though I'm preaching on not necessarily that money is bad, but, like, don't idolize money, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But then every service they're pushing to give you, to give your money to them. (laughs) You know? Mm Mm-hmm. That could open up a whole other conversation here. Yeah, so the, the Gospels... At least the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are very uh, poverty. Not having money is is very um, virtuous. The rich man shall not enter heaven. Like it's a basically impossible. Well, Jesus tells a story about the uh, the eye of the needle. Like it'd be harder for a camel to pass through an eye of a needle than to enter for a rich man to enter heaven which is essentially he's saying it's impossible now people have they've easier taken for a camera to enter the avenue yeah it'd be easier for a camera so he's basically saying it's impossible for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven now people have taken this and they've said hey there's some place in jerusalem that's called the eye of the needle and everybody's got to take you know you got to take the bags off the camel for it to go through and that's what he was talking about, but that's completely ludicrous and made up. So <laughs> money in the New Testament, or at least in the apocalyptic literature, which is views the devil as basically in charge of this world. And if so you're rich, say, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. If you're rich, if you're wealthy, um, you must be working with the devil. So, you know, yeah. poverty meekness you know all those things are virtues in that case yeah it gives the beatitude a different meaning when you understand that context (laughs) right so yeah so as far as final final thoughts i was gonna say i mean we're not trying to tell you or push you to not tithe this you know no just don't be every scared. These, like not to. <laughs> every one of these episodes, we're not pushing you to turn from God or pushing you away from God. You know, that's not what we're not what we're doing. But as far as tithing, be smart. You know, if you've got if you got a hundred bucks to last you the rest of the week until you get paid again, you know, don't give seventy five bucks to to the offering. <laughs> make smart decisions yeah don't let fear or we're not we're not saying this stuff to try to bash the bible we're not we you know people have said we're trying to steer people away from god certainly not trying to do that we're trying to help you to get out from under the fear that might be hold like you know binding your life you know and it's possible because we have done it ourselves um it's okay to challenge ideas that are being pressured on you you don't have to swallow everything you're told Um, and that's what joe allen's saying with giving you know if you only have a hundred dollars in your pocket and the preacher's telling you to give 50 in faith you don't have to do that you know you can make your own decisions it's not going to be a curse or be the end of you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I say the same thing. Just be smart. Um, 
I would say be generous and, but, uh, yeah. you know, just to say, yeah, help people out. you have to give, you have to give 10% or else like just, you know, your finance is better than anyone. Yeah. So you just be smart, be generous and find an organization that you trust that, uh, so you're not just, you know, <laughs> throwing your money away when you do give. All right. If you guys want to make a donation, totally shift pod. <laughs> With that being said. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> Be sure to follow us on all social media at Holy Shift Pod. <laughs>